You're listening to In The Lead, the podcast for real estate pros looking to grow their business. Whether you're new to the business or a seasoned pro, we come to you each week with the latest technology and online strategies to help you sell more, work less, and make a difference in your community through your real estate business. This show is brought to you by Easy Agent Pro, creators of Lead Sites, the ultimate lead generation website for agents. For show notes and links, check out Easy Agent Pro slash podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You are listening to the In The Lead Podcast. And today, I have a very cool special guest with me. His name is Andrew Patch. Say hello. Hello. (laughs) Um, And he specializes in drones, which is kind of a very cool, uh, I wouldn't say new, but definitely still very important feature or technology that real estate agents can use in their daily lives to help generate leads, to help sell properties, to help people purchase properties, the whole nine yards. Um, so why don't you give us a little uh, lowdown on who you are, how long you've been in the drone industry, and things like that, please. Well, thanks for the introduction, Chris. Uh, so Absolutely. my name is Andrew Patch. I am the owner of Heartland Drone Company, and I've, I've had this company now. I've been operating uh, for about two years now, a little over two years. Prior to that, I had done um, marketing, you know, graphic design, videography, um, all of that creative marketing and, and digital media, I've, I've been doing that for about 14 years. So I finally got to a point where I, I implemented the drone into what I was doing, and that kind of spawned off into its own company, which is now Heartland Drone Company. Very but cool. uh, the, the company itself, basically, I describe it as a three-legged stool. Um, really, there's there's uh, the, the first the first vertical or, or piece of um, business that I that I have is for real estate. So uh, real estate services, commercial, residential land, using the drone uh, to capture video and and photography. The second leg of the company would be uh, building inspections and asset inspections. So using the drone to capture more data centric footage. Of, um, of, of buildings. So uh, an example of a client that I'd work for there would be like an architect or a structural engineer if they're wanting to analyze the, um, the envelope of a building and to see where there are cracks in the masonry or, right. or where you need to have tuck pointing repairs or repairs to terracotta. Um, and then the third leg of the company is really just a catch-all and it's creative marketing. So um, I might be working with a client who wants to put together like a market, like a promotional footage, uh, promotional video or marketing footage of a college, you know, uh, or or a or a business, and they want to show off um, basically what their business is all about, or or if they if they have a, a college, you know, a pretty campus, they want to be able to show that to future recruits and push that out on social media. So those are basically the three main elements of the company. And mm-hmm. um, no two days are the same because... Right. That's kind of cool. That's yeah. always pretty like That's yep. really, really neat. Yeah, no, um, you know, drones are, they're really cool. I've had a couple of opportunities to mess around with one. Um, and it is, uh, 
pretty interesting. It's very, it's a, I have a mixed emotions about drones because you hear about, you know, all the benefits that they can do, for instance, like you were saying on inspections, things like that. Um, they can help people pursue business. And then you hear about the scary parts of drones. Uh, so it's, it's, it's fairly interesting to see what it's doing to society and how it, more importantly, how it's helping agents, uh, you know, generate leads, sell properties faster, more efficiently and things like that. You did make a pretty bold claim on one of your blogs that said drones are the most important new technology to hit the real estate industry since the internet. Why do you think that is? Why are they so prominent in today's, you know, in today's real estate market? And why do you think that it's the most important thing since the internet? Yeah, no doubt. And I stand by that. Um, so th if you just think about, you know, prior, prior to the internet, how were real estate listings um, advertised? How were, how were homes sold? Um, how were commercial properties sold, how were land properties sold, you know, right. under that umbrella of real estate, how did that happen before the internet? Well, it was the yellow pages or... Yeah, traditional, good old traditional sales techniques, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, and it was, um, you know, the sales cycle was long, it was time consuming, it was driving around all these homes and looking at them. Well, then the internet hit and now everything is online and, 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 um, Home buyers and agents then started leveraging listings being online. You know, it, so all of a sudden the sales cycle sped up. You could review homes, you could tour homes all online by looking at videos or, or photos. Um, heck, nowadays when you when you purchase a home, you can go put it under contract out in the out in the street in your car and sign right. documents. You know that all go yeah, um, even camping you know, now. digital documents. Yeah. So. So the internet, the internet, you know, brought this huge shift in how homes were being sold, and and then it kind of stayed like that for a long time. Well, I think that drones are the the most impactful and influential piece of technology to hit real estate since the internet. I feel that way because now drones are being able to showcase a listing from from angles, from views that people have never seen it from before. They're telling stories about listings, about properties in ways that people have never told them before. So, mm -hmm. so the traditional online listing is, you know, you have pictures all taken from the ground, right? Um, you have your, your exterior photos, your interior, um, you, you might have some video maybe walking through the house or something like that, right? So the, the listings online now look the same. Right. So what does a real estate agent do to differentiate themselves, to stand out, um, to put their brand out there, to put their listing out there so it's heard amongst all the noise of all the listings and real estate agents that are out there? And so by implementing drone technology, now you are showing a listing from views that people haven't seen it from before. And so when people are researching on their own, which that's what they do nowadays, buyers research on their own, um, a, real estate, a real estate agent can try to influence that as much as they can, but buyers are going to research on their own. Right. And, and now by implementing this you know, video and photography that comes from the drone, you're not only showing the property in a new dynamic way, um, in an interesting way, but now you're able to capture, um, the, the neighborhood that the listing is located right. at. If yeah, it's you're creating a story. Exactly. If it's, yeah, yeah. if, if the home is near a park, you can now capture that. If the home is near a golf course or, um, or a shopping center or, or um, access to 
the highway or the inner or the interstate or a main road. You right. know, now all of these other elements that before you really couldn't include into the story now can be included in that story. And it's interesting, and we had talked about this before uh, in our class that we had a couple of weeks ago um, about drones. And the nice that, like you, you, there was a very firm line drawn in the sand of what the exterior of the house was and what the interior of the house was. And now, one of the biggest things that I've seen with drone footage, if you do it properly, you can include both the exterior and the interior if you if you in one shot if you're talented if you're talented enough to pilot the drone properly. Um, and that's something, and I never, and I had, I had brought it up in the, the class before, I never thought about flying the drone inside the building on top of it to give spatial awareness of what the building looks like inside, how big it feels, how tall the ceilings are, things like that. And, and it, it was, I, it makes total sense. Um, and I, and I do agree with you that, uh, it is, it, it is probably the next biggest thing since the internet for real estate agents is to take advantage of drone technology, like you said, to write that story. Um, and to let people visually see, you know, not only is it the house that you're purchasing, but it's the area as well. You're investing in a specific area, which is really important, uh, which which is really really cool. Um, yeah, and 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 we'll link you. We'll link. Uh, we're kind of feeding off of this blog that uh, you had you had written very very well. Um, and that's the thing. Like I said, there's a video on there where the drone's actually being. I think it's flown. You might be walking with it in a kitchen. And uh, it's pretty cool. It, it really does bring the space together. It, and it makes more sense and gives that person, like I said, spatial awareness of what the property looks like before they even step foot in it, which is rad. I think it's super cool. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Thank you. A um, couple other things, uh, you know, I had some questions about, uh, like you said, it doesn't just pertain to real estate. There's different things. But in, in the real estate umbrella, how does drone, how does piloting a drone benefit, uh, you know, commercial, industrial, and land real estate versus just a, a generic property? Well, well, so I'll start with commercial. So typically with commercial properties, um, typically you're dealing with a portfolio of, of maybe a handful of properties, right? Um, and so you want to be able to show the scope of, of your commercial properties. But um, um, and, and the drone does a really good job of doing that, right? Because it can go up to 400 feet in the air. It can show right. it can show that spatial awareness of where you're at in in the town or the city, and so it can capture that entire portfolio or a lot or a lot of that portfolio in one shot or in one clip. But even if it's just a one-off or a single commercial property, right? At the end of the day, you're using the drone to tell the story. And so right. if you're selling a commercial property, the types of things that you want to highlight are um, the, you know, the intersection that it's by, the roads. You know, if, if um, there's foot traffic, you want to be able to capture where that foot traffic is coming from. You can't do that by taking a video from the ground or taking a photo from the ground. With a drone, you can you can capture all of those different elements into a single shot. So so really, it doesn't matter if it's a large portfolio of or of um, of commercial properties or if it's just a single one. Um, the drone can cover a lot of ground and tell that story. Now, with that on the land real estate side. Well, honestly, how the hell do you take a photo of 150 acres from the ground? Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so the next step that land real estates would do, or land real estate agents would do, is they would either um, pull together a map from Google Maps, or or they would um, you know download another type of satellite map. But the thing is, is that the the satellite map, even Google Maps, 
it's not high definition. And yeah, and those images are outdated most exactly. of the time. I can tell you, whenever I do Google Street View of my property, I'm like, man, I haven't owned that vehicle for eight years. Yeah. I can't believe that it's still there. <laughs> you yeah. know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so with, with a drone, um, now you're able to fly the entire um, the entire acreage, right? The entire listing, and be able to tell that story. And if it's and if there is a creek that runs in, you know, through part of the property and feeds into a pond, right? Then, then you want to show that. If if you're trying to pitch it as really good farmland, then you can you can show like the areas where you would be planting. If right. if you the want to per plant, yeah, absolutely. exactly. Or, or hunting. <laughs> I had, so I work with land real estate agents who, you know, they really want to highlight that hunting is a big element of the property of the listing. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be able to showcase areas where, you know, there's obvious like deer tracks, you know, that always cut through the same part. I never thought of that. What yeah. a great way to target like a niche audience too as an agent. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Yeah, so the, the drone captures all that and and right. there's no other once you once you do a pro, once you capture a listing with the drone either contracting it out to a drone pilot or doing it yourself mm -hmm. um, you'll never go back because it's just it's Yeah, beautiful and talk about, about opening. opening. I mean, it just gives you that extra if I'm an agent and I've only done residential property sales, but I've always wanted to dabble in land sale or commercial sales it's it just gives you that extra boost of confidence to be able to say look i can port i can create a, a virtual portfolio for this property no matter what it is and then i can market it appropriately so yeah the drone i mean it's pretty cool i love the idea the hunting thing i never thought of that either i mean it's just crazy if you you know if you're if you're a real estate agent who sells cabins or big properties out in the mountains talk about a great way to target fishing you know people who love fishing if you have a stream you want to highlight that, and with a, and like you said, with Google Maps, you won't be able to see fish in that stream. That that stream's probably doesn't isn't even in the same place anymore. Probably, Chris. And so, Chris, I have worked with land real estate agents who have who have clients who are looking for land who don't even live in this state. They, they right. live in a different part of the country, and they literally want to buy land that they can use to duck hunt on two months out of the year. And so right. and so we'll go out and capture footage of, of marshland, um, and he'll send that off to his client who lives four states away. Brilliant. I mean, that's oh, it's so, <laughs> so cool. cool. I love yeah. it. It's yeah. so, yeah. It's so, all right. So let's talk about this. I'm a new agent. I'm, I'm strictly going to do residential properties. I've never sold a piece of property on my own, but I do know that drones are an important part of generating leads, generating sales, and making it happen. What would be my first step? What's a good a good starter drone to start off with if I wanted to do it myself? So the the manufacturer is DJI, and they're basically the number one manufacturer of drones right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's there's if you did a Google search for drones, you're gonna find everything under the sun. Um, but but. I stick with DJI because they're manufactured to put in some serious work. They can they can withstand elements, they can withstand wind, very high definition camera. They're just a well-built machine and and DJI has all different models of of drones. So, I think a really good starter drone for folks would be the Mavic Air. Okay. And and usually that drone runs anywhere from 1000 bucks to to 1500 it just kind of depends on which uh, model you get 
But yeah, it um, looks like a baseline one is around seven hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're so they come in at different levels. Right. Um, okay. And and you don't you don't need, in my opinion, in my opinion, you wouldn't need those higher end um, models of the Mavic Air because you're not going to be needing to put it. You know, you, what you need from the yeah, drone you're not is putting it on you, an Arctic ship <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 no, yeah you're you sure. don't necessarily need to you know push the limits on on the camera's capability and things like that so you'll right. do very fine with just the entry-level mavic air um and and that's a really good rig to start with and that would be what i would recommend okay cool yeah no i love it so i i bought my drone I go do some practice runs at the park and then the police show up because i didn't do my part 107 exam what are the steps needed? So just give give some people the idea of what the Part 107 is, why it's necessary to go take the exam, and what it can do to help you just you know expand your horizons with drones. Sure, sure. Well, well, first off, if you're at the park and the police show up because you didn't take your Part 107 or you don't have the Part 107, that scenario doesn't exist because there's no way that the police would know that and then okay, come brilliant. to the park. <laughs> so, 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 so that's, that's why I'm saying let's let's get to let's let's get educated. Let's part 107. Let's clear this up. Yeah, no doubt. So, so a lot of people, a lot of people, when they think of drones, they think of okay, you know, the government or the FAA, right? So, right. so the FAA um, has created policies, laws, rules. Um, um, all around drones, right? And the FAA is trying to catch up to drone technology. And they're having a hard time doing that, but a way that they do that is by requiring um, anyone who is flying a drone for, for commercial purposes, they require them to have a Part 107 pilot's license from the FAA, which basically means that you are a certified drone pilot and that you pass the exam from the FAA and that you are now legal to fly um, for commercial purposes. Um, so they're just trying to get their, you know, their little cut of the pie. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're trying. So, so, you know, more and more drones are out there. Right. It's unbelievable. Like you, you never really think about it, but there's probably, and you know, there's one flying around right now, probably within a five mile radius of where you're at. When you think about it, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, oh, it's wild. wild. And, so and, so the, and so the FAA, you know, their job is to, you know, be, you know, is to have people be compliant with airspaces. And, and if you're flying a drone, you're now in airspace. And it might be restricted airspace, but it might just be open airspace. But at the end of the day, you're in airspace and so are planes and helicopters. Right. And, and so the FAA, you know, needs, they, they wanted to wrangle this and, and create some, some rules that, people had to play by. And so um, the first step is getting your FAA Part 107 license. Um, and really that's if if you are doing anything with a drone to further a business, that's what you have to have. I mean you could be you could be flying a job and donating the footage to your church. You could be uh, and not making money off of it. You could be flying a job, you know, to promote one of your listings. It's anything that furthers a business, not necessarily that you're getting paid or not. It's, it's just anything that is going it's towards a business. It's any type of investment to make sure that the business stays afloat. 
ultimately is what it comes down to. Yeah, Whether yeah. Whether be blood, sweat, or tears, or money. Yeah, if the drone is being used for anything involving a business of any type, um, whether you're getting paid or not, that's considered commercial. Now, the right. other side of the coin is recreational. So you could be out in that park, right? So going back to your, your example of the police show up, well, you're just out there, you know, flying the drone around, getting used to it, practicing it. Um, let's say the police show up and ask you if you have your drone license or if you have your part 107. In that case, no, I don't have my part 107. I just bought this drone and I'm just trying it out. Right. And and that's totally fine. That's recreation. So there's there's kind of a, you know, there's kind of a gray area of like what you could right. call recreation or commercial, but um, um, people I think tend to panic when they see that the FAA is involved with drones. The FAA does not have a nationwide task force of people. A, a drone, yeah, right. A, a drone FBI. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They don't have they don't have special, you know, detection equipment and they're running around trying to catch people flying drones. Um, and the local authorities oftentimes don't even know the rules around drones. So so um, don't be don't let the FAA um, don't deter let them you. Yeah, deter you, prevent you from jumping with two feet in um, when it comes to flying a drone. Very cool. So the Part 107, let's talk about the steps to get it. Um, basically, is it a class that you have to take? Is there a test involved? What's the deal with that? Yeah, good question. So I, I get this question a lot. Uh, you know, People say, hey, I want to fly legal, um, but I have no idea where to start. I don't know what resources to look at. It's really convoluted. And, and I think a lot of people struggle with that, which is another like mental barrier to entry for people. Like it's just right. too confusing. So then they don't even do it. Well, right. well, um, it can be confusing, but in, but I've, you know, I've been doing this long enough to where I can break it down and tech and really some simple steps. So to get your part 107 license, you have to take the exam, the, the official exam um, from a certified testing center. So an example of a testing center in my area would be a uh, the, it's like the Johnson County Executive Airport. So this, this smaller airport, um, you go out there, you've registered in advance, and when you get there, they'll take you back to a room where they give out different types of aviation exams. And in this case, they would queue up the, the drone exam and then you sit here in this room and they give you like a piece of paper and a pencil and close the door and then you start taking it on the computer and the the exam is timed it's 50 questions each question is worth two points and you have to get a score of 80 or above to pass but um, it's it's an official exam and and to find those testing centers there are some resources online to where you can like type in your zip code and find the nearest testing center uh, awesome. by you. Very cool. But so that's, so that's the actual act of taking the exam. Um, but here's the thing. If you just walk in and try taking the exam without studying, you will fail miserably. And right. here's why the, the part 107 exam, while it's 50 questions, maybe four or five of those questions actually have something to do with the drone, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other 45 questions don't have anything to do with the drone. They're about aviation. So one of the questions might be if you're if you are taxiing down the runway in a <laughs> Cessna 
and you see a yellow sign with a black arrow pointing to the right, what does that mean? And you know, and then it's multiple choice. And it's like That's what a the new runway, right? Or a new, <laughs> a new yeah, yeah. Or or it'll say when you um, um, it'll say like how do you radio your coordinates back to the tower or. Wow. Or um, what are the different airspaces, you know, class A, B, C, D airspace, and or right. what, or if you're looking, if you're looking at a cloud formation, you know, what does this type of formation represent? So interesting. Yeah, it's I mean, all these, the, the, it's, it's interesting, interesting because it sh as it pr it properly should be those types of questions, right? In reality, like you said, you are flying in open airspace, and you have to share that airspace with other pilots and machines right so, so it, makes it makes sense that you'd want you'd want to make sure especially yeah no that makes total sense interesting okay cool Very there cool. well and the thing is is that you're not going to get into some of those scenarios ever with a drone but they're still going to ask you the question right and, and why they do that i don't know uh <laughs> i don't know <laughs> and and I, th I think people who administer you know study guides for, to take the part 107 they don't know either but the faa does it so like an example right. would be an example would be like if you're flying a cessna like an actual plane right. and you are trying to land on on runway nine you know like what what is the direction of entry if the wind is coming out of you know Very the east well, so it's like good. first off First off, you're flying a drone. You're never going to be around an airport. Right. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. Secondly, you're not going to be in the approach path of an airport. And then and then third, you're not going to be bringing it in for a landing on a runway strip. You're going to be bringing right. it straight down and landing it four feet next to you on the right. concrete. So so they, I don't know why they make you study for that stuff, but they do. And that's an example of you would fail the test miserably, even if you knew everything about your drone. It don't matter. So you have to really study for the exam. And a really good online study um, website that I love is by King Schools, K-I-N-G Schools. The King is the last name of, of the guy and the gal who have all of these video um, uh, lectures and so you just literally watch the videos they tell you uh, they they teach you they tell you the types of questions that are going to be asked on the exam and it took me about three weeks of studying in the evening and then I showed up and, and okay. rocked and rocked it so Very that's cool. what I'd recommend yep okay, okay cool, cool. We'll, we'll link that in the show notes so people have that that information thanks for sharing that interesting so part 107 make sure you get it it just cover it covers your bases not gonna get in trouble not that you would get in trouble with the FAA like he said they're not actively seeking out people who are flying drones. Um, so don't stress it, but still get your part 107. Definitely make sure you get that taken care of. Let's talk about, so I, I, I pass my test. I go to my first, uh, you know, my first house and uh, I just realize that I'm not a good pilot. I crash and burn and I damage the house um, and my drone. So what are some of the things that I could do as a precautionary measure? Is there any type of insurance to cover any type of damages to the property? Um, or, or any, any of your stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. And really this is kind of part of, um, just kind of that pre-flight check that you go through. So, right. so to answer your question about insurance, um, there is drone insurance out there. So you can go, um, you know, you can go maybe more of like that, the traditional route of connecting with an insurance agent to where they would, not only provide you with liability insurance if you crash the drone into something or someone, but then they would also insure the drone itself. So if you crashed it, you could get um, some insurance assistance there. But I find those those policies to be 
way too expensive. You know, the, the premiums or or just the monthly payments on those types of insurance policies are more than I would ever want to spend. Right. Um, so, 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 I mean, I mean the ROI on it just isn't there. You'd have to be flying multiple jobs a day just to cover that cost, basically. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, That's right, a big right. volume play, and for, I think, a lot of people, just not practical. Right. Um, so what I do is I use a, a company called Verify, and basically what you do is you show up on site, and when you get, and you, and when you get to where you want to fly, you pull out your cell phone, um, you uh, open up the Verify app, and it pops. It uses GPS to find out exactly where you're at, and it pops up a map, and it puts a geofence, um, a, like a half mile geofence around your area, and and then you can purchase on demand policies by the hour. So that's still brilliant. Yeah. So there are a lot of places where the policies start at ten bucks. So if I got to a listing, I I would get there, and right before I flew the drone, I would open up the Verify app and I would buy a $10 policy uh, for an hour that would protect me if I cause any type of um, damage with, yeah, within that geofence. Now, Verify doesn't cover the drone itself. Um, so, so that, you know, take that risk for what it is, but I've never had a situation where I needed to insure the drone. I, I'm comfortable enough as a pilot. I'm not going to put it in a vicarious position to where, um, to where I'm, you know, threatening breaking the drone or something, but well, mm. except for one time, but, um, <laughs> Oh, you said it. Now you have to spill the beans. Yeah. Now we got to come back to that. <laughs> but, but so anyways, I, I would recommend Verify because that just keeps your cost down, right? Your margin, uh, for every listing. If you're, if you're using drone technology, um, that stuff adds up. So, so that's the, that's the insurance piece. But the other element that you need to keep in mind, and this goes back to having your, Part 107 pilot's license is that um, one of the things that you'll learn is is how to understand airspaces. Not that not that you're trying to fly up, uh, you know, 50,000 feet in like Class A airspace or something like that. But you need to know if you are potentially in a restricted airspace. Um, there's a couple reasons for that. If you know, you may not realize that the listing is actually within half of a mile of some type of government facility, maybe right. maybe a prison, maybe um, some sort of industrial area that is, for whatever reason, has a restricted airspace around it. Or the other one, too, that people tend to forget, you know, um, the air traffic control industry, their, their buildings are not the towers that you see, you know, on, on – in airports, usually ATC buildings are downtown, or they're you know you know in a, in an area that's just a nice rural community, um, and those are no fly zones around those ATC buildings, and and people tend to forget that absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sports stadiums, uh, NFL and MLB are both no fly zones around. Oh, really, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of a weird rule. So uh, MLB, NFL, Division One football. And NASCAR are all no-fly zones, but if you're Division One softball or Division Two football, it, it's fine. It's or if you're Major League Soccer, it's fine. So there's really? yeah. So that so but when it comes to restricted airspace, yeah, yeah. Or you might be by some sort of government building, like a like a, a city hall or something like that, where maybe they have a detention center inside, and for whatever reason, it's a no-fly zone. So you just by by going through your Part 107, you understand that stuff. So when you're doing your pre-flight check before you fly the drone up in the air, there's a couple different types of maps that you can look at to see like where you know if you're in restricted airspace. 
face and that verify verify I was say, verify would tell you too right it, like it, hey, just yeah it does tell you <laughs> yeah it, it does tell you if uh, it does tell you um, because that it, that'll adjust your policy so if you are in one of those restricted airspaces uh, your policy would go up the highest mine's ever gone up is to twenty five dollars an hour you know which whatever um, it is what it is but but the other thing is yeah, in some of these in some of these airspaces uh, if they are restricted. Um, you may not be able to fly your drone because because GPS connects or links up with the FAA airspace and it'll know like, ooh, this is a restricted airspace. You have to unlock this area before you can fly the drone here. But there's easy ways to do that. But the only way you can do that is if you're Part 107 certified because you have to you have You'll to enter in like, like your license, license number, number or something yeah. like that. Okay, yeah. cool. Very yeah. cool. Wow. It's pretty – I mean – what are your two cents on it? Do you think that the FAA is doing a good job at catching up for drones, or do you think that the Part 107 is a is a good step in the right direction? What What are your feelings on it? Well, so there's a couple ways to answer that. Um, as as a drone operator, as a guy who has a drone company, um, I want there to be some sort of barrier to entry that separates. The legit professionals from yeah absolutely yeah yeah professionals from novice uh, from from the legit drone operation to you know somebody who's not operating how they should um, so I like there to be that and I think the part 107 is an element to doing that um, the FAA doesn't require you to have insurance but but in my opinion that's a must have and that is another right. way that you separate yourself from legit or not legit but right. so so I I like that the FAA enforces the part 107 um, because it can be a, that can help weed people out so to speak but still there's nothing stopping you from just going and flying your drone anyways but right. um, but the other thing is that there's there's no doubt that drone technology is moving way faster than the FAA is moving and and I don't want to live in a world where <laughs> where you have drones out and there's not a policy and and you have drones that are you know striking commercial airlines uh, or or infiltrating right, that's spaces a very real scary thing yeah if you watch happen, yeah. if you watch the news it's it happens frequently and so yeah. so i am all for the technology but i'm also all for implementing policy that can can control the technology enough to where it's being used in the right way and responsibly um you know, it's like, hey, I'm all for I'm all for cars and driving fast, but I also like speed limits in some scenarios. So right, yeah, so, definitely, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. No, that's very very cool. Um, with, okay, cool. So we've we've got the part 107. I decided, um, you know, I, I hired a professional a couple times, um, but I thought I might have been getting hosed when I was hiring that professional. They were overcharging me. What's a good you know, rate to see if you did want to hire somebody to do the drone footage for you. Sure. So, um, that's, that's kind of a tricky question because, um, well, for a couple reasons, if, if the person is doing a really good job, let's say they capture really nice, smooth footage and they put together a really nice video and, and take great photos and then you turn around and sell a listing that maybe you've been sitting on for three months and now you've sold it in four days because of the impact of the drone, then it's worth the money, even if it costs a little bit, right? So, um, but at the same time, um, 
you may not want to spend hardly anything on a drone. So it's almost like a case-by-case, listing-by-listing scenario. And it also fluctuates depending on what market you're in, right? So, right. so I'm, I'm on, you know, I'm, I'm today I'm in Kansas city, right? So I'm right in the heart of the country. Um, but the cost for a drone provider out in Southern California it's probably a little bit higher than it is in in Kansas City, or well, if, as is everything, right? Right <laughs> in California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Or you know, Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi. You know, that might not be as much as it right. is here in Kansas City. So there's that element. But um, the, I think at the end of the day, you can get um, from most drone providers who 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 capture the video and then also edit the video. I think. In most cases, you can get a pretty nice video created in that three hundred to five hundred dollar range, just kind of right. depending on what all you want in that video and, and how you want it edited. But I would say that that would be the range is three hundred to five hundred. Awesome, and I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, depend, I mean, depending on the listing, you know, if it's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar listing, you might want to just do it yourself. But if you've got a million dollar listing, that four percent goes a long way. So that's a good investment. Um, with that said, you know, if I am going to do it, a couple other items that I should probably pick up if I'm going to do DIY my drone footage from here on out. Um, again, I'm kind of going off of this really great blog you wrote. Uh, one of them that I, I never thought of really is to have a bunch of backup batteries. Definitely worth the investment, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because when you get out on site, um, <laughs> you don't want to be wasting time recharging a battery or, or, um, um, putting the drone in a situation where it's running low on battery. Right. right. And well, then you're just risking that, that, that $150 or $200 battery is going to cost you $1,500 when that drone drops out of the air, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. A, a, an extra DJI battery is right in that range of around 150, um, depending on which model you get. But, mm-hmm. um, I recommend having at least two extra batteries along with you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can even get three, you know, it could, it's just peace of mind knowing that you're going to have battery, um, because you don't want to run that thing down to 2% or 5%. You really want to bring the drone back when it's got about 20% battery left in it, because that remaining 20% can drop really quickly. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Interesting. Okay. And then you also put something about a gimbal and then uh, a hand steady cam as well as let's talk about cameras too. Most of the drones I know come with really great 4K uh, cameras and gimbals built into them, but maybe it's always great to have a handheld gimbal and things like that if you can't get to the spot with the drone. Yeah. Yeah. And so so this kind of goes back to uh, how we kind of kicked off the call and how you had mentioned that, you know, exterior footage but then also interior footage and and when I wrote that blog post um, at the time I was a firm believer in being able to capture video from inside the house right and mm-hmm. and using a steady cam to do that right so you seamlessly have smooth drone footage from outside and then you can incorporate that with smooth footage from inside but but honestly, since that time, uh, and I stand by what I wrote, but since that time, my opinion has changed in the direction of people, you know, of supporting people who are still needing to bootstrap something like this and operate off of, you know, not a big investment in the drone. And so here's, here's, here's one thing that I've learned in the last um, a couple months or so. To get really gorgeous interior footage, 
by walking around inside the house, holding the drone out in front of you, mm-hmm. not not to where the propellers are spinning or anything, but just right, to lose a finger. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Lacerate, you know, lacerate yourself. Um, but uh, to where it's just powered on, and so the camera is running, which means that the that the motion stabilized camera hanging you know hanging beneath it to where that motion stabilizer is is on and and adjusting to your movement you can walk around a house holding the drone and recording that footage and it's just as smooth as if you had a motion stabilizer handheld camera but but now it saves you a shitload of money exactly because now you don't have to buy the other camera now you can just use the one drone for everything uh, and you can even take photos with the drone from inside the house. You can just toggle it to the the camera mode um, mm-hmm. and not the video mode, and you can capture 4K high resolution, high definition photos. So, Brilliant. so there's so with one drone, you can maximize your investment by by having it outside, by walking around with it inside. Now, if I was doing a listing where where maybe there's like a, a foyer that is two stories, and you can fly it inside and get it up to there and it's safe then yeah i would put the drone i would actually fly the drone in that space or like with commercial properties i've flown the drone inside warehouses before um um, but you know you always want to be safe when you do that and err on the side of safety but but in a lot of cases you can walk around with that drone and simulate like oh my gosh it looks like the drone's flying around in the house because we just saw drone footage from outside the house right um so it's you know you can easily um, make a listing pop when you when you put together that video and then put it out on on MLS, put it out on your website, put it out on social media. That's when people mm-hmm. stop and look at it. So that's very cool. That's the that's that's where leads come from at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And and the other cool thing that I was just it just kind of came to me too. You know that video content it can be recycled in so many different ways. If you did sell the house pretty quickly, that content's great to show uh, as a potential, you know, advertisement for a lead. More importantly, I was saying the same thing, you know, for California as an example, we know that that, I mean, there's Goliath-sized houses down there and it's gotta be a nightmare to inspect that property before it's purchased. And having that that HD 4K video uh, of you, you know, of you flying the drone around can also, Save time and money on the inspector cost as well. If you you know you can sit there and say, hey man, you know I know it's going to take you three hours to scour across the entire roof of this building to make sure it's all good. Here's the drone footage so you can see the spots that might need attention, um, and you know that's going to save you time and money on that on that front as well, which is kind of cool. So uh, yeah, drones. I mean, I love it, man. Drones are super cool. I, I can totally understand uh, how they can help generate leads online. I love the idea of hiring somebody. I love the idea that you can do it yourself. Um, with that said, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me and kind of uh, discuss what we talked about again in, pod, in, in you know in podcast form. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to do that. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? You do have to still spill the beans about when you did crash the drone or what something happened. <laughs> okay. From there, we'll take off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I suppose my last piece of advice would just be to always be aware of your surroundings and. And the, the story that goes with that is I've, I, I admit that I have crashed the drone one time and, and it was the dumbest, most anticlimactic type of crash you could ever have. And, and I was, I was doing a project for uh, a client and 
they had just built this giant warehouse and 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 this new parking lot and and um, loading docks and there was a semi truck pulling into the property and I wanted to go do this really nice beauty shot of me rotating around the semi truck from about three stories high as it was coming into the coming into the property and when you're flying the drone you're supposed to keep it within visual line of sight. So you're always able to, you're always supposed to be able to look up and see the drone, right? And so I had the drone in front of me. It was about three stories high. I was going to, uh, going across the tops of these trees. And then I was looking down through the viewfinder on my iPad, seeing what the camera was seeing. Well, because the, because I was, I was trying to perform like a, like a rotation, I was moving laterally, right? And when you're moving laterally, you can't see what's coming from the side. And Absolutely, so, yeah. so I wasn't looking up at the drone. I was by this point looking back down through the viewfinder and I clipped just the very top of this tree that I thought I was going to clear from where I was standing. And it, uh, it kind of pulled in the drone because, you know, the propellers kind of sucked it into the top of the tree. It, uh, hit, it seemed like every branch on the way down and I had to, the battery launched out of it. No. Um, oh, no. So I had to go walk through the woods and retrieve it. And I, and you know, I retrieved the drone. It had a slight crack in the fuselage, which I was able to uh, gorilla glue. Um, so we're good there. I did a firmware update on it and, and, and recalibrated it and it works fine and it works great. And I really dodged a bullet there. The battery, when it launched out, it hit, it hit a branch and, and the battery bulged out real big. So I just threw the battery away. But to make things worse is by the time I was coming out of the woods, that same semi was coming back out of the property. Um, and so he passed me on the way out and, oh, no. you know, just yeah, kind of, yeah, just kind of, <laughs> kind of just a perfect ending to that. So that's, so that's the piece of advice and, you know, lesson learned. I'm a better pilot because of it and it could have been a lot worse, but, um, um, just always be aware of your surroundings and, and do your due diligence and being compliant and flying, you know, in accordance to what the FAA wants you to do. And if you can do that and, um, and, and, and try to hone your craft at flying the drone, which is easy to fly, you pick it up really quick, um, then you'll be off and running and you'll be differentiating yourself from a lot of other real estate agents in your area. Very cool. Well, like I said, man, thank you for taking the time and energy to uh, to sit down with me, uh, discuss this on the podcast. I think it's very valuable information for agents who are interested in dipping their toes into drone flight and piloting. So thank you for taking taking the time and energy to talk with me about that. Um, I will link Mr. Andrew's uh, blog as well as his contact information if you did want to reach out to him. He is one of the uh, active, uh, I guess I should say, partners with Easy Agent Pro. So if you do have any questions about drones, Andrew is your man to talk to about it. Um, so his information will be linked below in the show notes. If you do have any questions about Easy Agent Pro and how we can help you generate leads online for your real estate business, visit www.easyagentpro.com or you can hit the email that will be lock, uh, uh, linked below as well. So Andrew, thank you again for taking the time to sit with us. And next week we will have another special guest on who's going to talk about content creation a little bit more in depth. So I appreciate it, Andrew, and we will chat with you later. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you for listening to In The Lead. If you have enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us an honest review. 
for more great content, check out our blog at easyagentpro.com. And as always, we'll see you later.